Hello everyone! My name is Amber from Audio 9 Design's Interior Design Edition. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about trends. What is a trend? Where do they come from? And who decides? So, let's kick this week's episode off with the definition of trend. Trend can be a noun, and the first description of definition we are given is a general direction in which something is developing or changing. For example, an upward trend in sales and profit margins. Some of the synonyms include tendency, movement, drift, swing, shift, course, current, direction, progression, inclination, leaning, as well as various others. The second definition is a fashion. For example, the latest trends in modern dance. Some of the synonyms of this version would be fashion, vogue, style, mode, craze, mania, rage, and many, many more. Now, trend can also be a verb, and the first definition as a verb would be a change or development in a general direction. For example, unemployment has been trending upward. The synonyms for the verb definition would be move, go, head, drift, gravitate, swing, shift, turn, incline, tend, lean, and veer. For example, interest rates are trending up. The second definition of the verb trend as a topic would be the subject of many posts on a social media website within a short period of time. For instance, I've just taken a quick look at what's trending on Twitter right now. So after looking at the definition of the word trend and all the synonyms for it, we can see why the word was chosen to be commonly used in the interior design industry. Also, after looking at the definition, it is really easy to see what the word trend means. Simply put, a trend is a change in a general direction. So, when it comes to interior design, who gets to decide what is trendy? Before we boil this answer down to its roots, let's first look at three trends that we have seen come and stay, and let's take a look at where they started and how they changed. Let's start with my favorite, animal prints. Where did this trend come from? Well, as you can probably figure out, it started eons ago. I would guess, because there is no definitive proof, that it started due to necessity. Now, do people need to decorate their home? Not really. But they do need warmth, and animal skins provided that. Now, the type of skins one had could determine how good of a hunter they were. As in the more exotic or dangerous animal that they had the skins of, the better hunter they were assumed to be. For example, deer. They're not really all that hard to hunt. They leave easy tracks to follow, they have simple lifestyle patterns, and they're overall easy to catch. Now a leopard, on the other hand, is fast and not as easy to track. They sleep in trees, hunt other animals, and are very, very fast. Not to mention, they come equipped with claws and teeth, making them tremendously more dangerous than a deer. As the world evolved and nomads became kings and towns and cities came about, there was less need to hunt to either stay warm or protect a lifestyle. That's what living in a community was for. Hunting, of course, still provided meat, but the need for animal skins became less. This is when they turned more useful and into fashion. Making leather from tanned animal hide was a common practice and is still going on to this day. Yet the rare and exotic animals and their skins became a status symbol. Like the ways of ages ago, if you have dangerous creature skins decorating your living space, or used as clothing, basically if you had it on display, then you were viewed higher in the community. Whether it be for money, need, or status, people have always craved exotic things. 
A king wouldn't necessarily be the one to hunt down and kill a lion or a bear or a leopard. Not saying that some didn't, but with all of the other duties in a kingdom, it was always easier to buy said animal skins off of a hunter who made a living tracking and collecting these skins. As this became more normal to see animal skins around in cities, more and more people who could afford them or hunt them would style their homes with these exotic trophies. As time passed and animal print became more popular and accessible to everyone, the status on it didn't seem to change very much. In the late 1960s, during the Bohemian movement, animal prints became popular in American women's clothing lines. Even nowadays, you will see animal prints and skins everywhere. Snakeskin, fox fur coats, cheetah and leopard print garments, even belts and boots, which are mostly made of leather or a synthetic leather, are everywhere. So it stands to reason that any fashion or design industries have picked up on the popularity of this item. What makes it so trendy? Well, people have craved it since the beginning of time. It's a status symbol and always has been. Our basic nature has brought and kept this trend alive. And I have to say, I do really enjoy leather jackets when I'm out riding motorcycles. Next up on our tour of designs and where they come from, Paisley. Did you know that Paisley is a Western variation of a design that other countries used first? Our variation of the name actually comes from West Scotland, the town of Paisley in West Scotland to be precise. In this town, modern Paisley designs were created at a textile center. Now, just in case you are unfamiliar with what the Paisley design is, it looks something like a slightly twisted teardrop. The origins of this design element are Persian. Various people have commented on what they thought the inspiration for this design was. Perhaps a famous bent cedar tree rooted in their religious beliefs, or a pretty floral spray mixed with a cypress tree that is the symbol for eternity and life. Wherever the design inspiration came from, it has taken hold throughout the centuries. This magnificent twisted teardrop, religious cedar, or symbol of life, whatever you want to call it, has been used to embellish crowns, fabrics, both for the rich and the common folk, as well as tapestries, and in more current years, wallpaper and window hangings. This design has been used all over the world and has morphed many times to work with the countries that have adopted it. This design became increasingly popular in the West, also known as America, in the 18th and 19th centuries. After adopting this Persian teardrop, which is what I think it looks like, Americans used it in everything from clothing to wall adornments. The popularity, ever increasing, has ebbed and flowed with our more modern interior designs. And in some of the newer houses, you may not see it as prevalently, but it is still there if you look closely enough. Hidden in furniture, paintings, lampshades, fans, and many other small decor items you may not even realize. This specific design has been around for centuries and has floated across all nations. This is one of our longest lasting interior design elements due to the changes that it has gone through with every new nation that adopts it. Next up for our interior design historians, we have tile, where it came from and how it became so popular. The origins of tile date back as early as 4000 BC and maybe even earlier. Egyptians, Assyrians, Babylonians, Greeks, Romans, Persians, and many more all used decorative tiles. Loosely translated, tile is a fire-hardened clay that is used to create an array of things like floor coverings, roofs, walls, outsides of buildings, art, and so on. If you look across history, we have old tiled buildings, mosaics, and artwork that some of it to this day is still around and able to be viewed by the public. So, 
How did tile become so popular in today's world? Well, like most things, tile started as a symbol of status. I'm going to roll my eyes dramatically here. The rich and powerful could afford to commission the extravagant pieces of art that the tile setters would spend countless hours designing and creating for them. From the late 1800s, there was a large movement in North America to add luxury to lavish homes by adding tile everything. Tiled foyers, tiled fireplaces, the traditional tiled floors, even exquisitely tiled pools and hot tubs. By 1950, however, the implementation of ceramic tiles in the everyday home was very popular. Of course, the bathrooms and kitchens were the most commonly updated rooms, but there was also the laundry rooms, sunrooms, and hallways that were getting the tiled makeover. Basically, what was once seen as only the rich could afford now is accessible to everyone. So now tile can be purchased and added to any home, either in interior or exterior settings, and it's affordable. But what happened to the status of having things tiled? Well, it is still there, my friends. Everywhere you look, if you are buying a home and you find tile in it, the price is inflated to reflect that upgrade. And if you are looking to add value to your home, that is one of the most common upgrades. Of course, you will find other things like laminate flooring that mimics the look of tile without the cost or efficacy of tile. The status has not faded, nor has this interior design element. Since 4000 BC, and more than likely way before, tile has always been a popular feature in interior design. Coming back to our bottom line today, who decides what will be a trend? What colors should be added to next year's most anticipated list? And what new accessories will we see added to home decor? Well, ultimately, the decision lay with those who have the money. Now, I'm not saying that only the rich get to decide what will be trendy. In fact, it's almost the opposite. The people who actually do the deciding is anyone and everyone who purchase things. If you have added something to your home, whether it be a new painting or an upgraded floor, everyone who buys things decides what is trendy. New designers and companies that provide design decor for you to purchase follow very closely what is being purchased and by whom. We all look up to someone, and these companies pay a tremendous amount of money in marketing to gain that information and compile it all. Then they take the information that they have gained about what we as the purchasers are looking for and compile all of that data to predict the next year's popularity on specific designs and trends based on what we are already looking for and talking about. Something that was once unique to a few individuals becomes the norm when the norm wants to pay the prices for it. Ever heard the phrase, it's all the rage? As we bring this week to a close, I want to leave you with a parting thought. We as the consumers are deciding what will be trendy and what will not simply by buying things that we find beauty or status in. The companies are simply providing for us what we want before we have fully realized our desires. I think that deserves our design industry specialists a round of applause. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Audio 9 Design, bringing you the latest news, updates, and trends in the design industry. Don't forget to tune in again by checking back at Audio 9. That's the number 9, design.com. Have a great week!